welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Chrissy Brewington, and today we're joined by Jamie Day from Instagram Life in the Day Dad to discuss all things man talk. Today we're joined by Jamie from A Day in the Life of Dad. We are at Aragon House recording today because we are currently far too busy with orders packing up from Black Friday. So Jamie has his own podcast, Man Talk, and if you can begin, Jamie, just tell us a little bit about what it is. So Man Talk came from struggling with my own mental health pretty much the whole of my 20s, and kind of my mid-30s, I started really talking openly about my mental health on social media and amongst friends and family, and I had avoided the whole thing. I was that typical male, didn't talk about mental health in my 20s, um, masked it all very well. But then with the rise of social media um, and having a you know fairly sizable following on Instagram, that you know I thought, well, you know, I don't want to be seen as someone who's just got these followers and not doing anything with it. So I thought, well, I could continue my mental health discussions, and they were always you know getting a good response. I thought, what's the next? What's the next step? Um, and I kind of thought about doing YouTube, um, but I just thought, well, with a camera shoved in someone's face, will they talk about the mental health? Maybe yeah. not. Thought podcast would be the perfect place for men to open up about their, you know, their journey, their issues of mental health, um, and podcasts obviously are on the rise and a hugely popular um, form of media. And it's a great way that you can you, know, can you can sit on the train, you could be walking the dog. It's a great way to like just, you know, resonate some, with someone else's story. Um, and so yeah, Man Talk launched um, early two thousand eighteen and. Yeah, we've been going for about just under two years now. So, and how many episodes have you got so far? Uh, so we're coming to the end of season two, and each season has twelve with a bonus. Nice. So thirteen. <laughs> I don't know why I just don't make it thirteen. I was like, well, there you go. Here's a Brucey bonus. Uh, so it'll be twenty-six in all by the end of season two, um, and then I'm going to go in a different direction for series three. We love man talk. I know that we are a team of women, but we listen to it, and we've been interested to hear you know, something that we don't hear that much about. Your podcast is sponsored by Movember, mm-hmm. which we know we've just finished November and we mm-hmm. see the iconic moustaches all yeah, around yeah. London. But can you tell us, and especially for our listeners who don't know what they do, just a bit more about the charity? Yeah. Well, I think everyone sort of recognises there are lots yeah. of moustaches around <laughs> during November, Movember, um, and I've just done it myself. And it's Movember are an amazing charity um, who were set up in Australia about 15 years ago and it was just a bunch of friends in a pub and just they set themselves a challenge of growing a moustache for a month and then they'd meet up at the end of the month and then they got to the end of the month and they're like well this is good maybe we could raise some awareness somehow and it started with testicular cancer um, and prostate cancer it might be I think it was prostate then testicular um, and then over the last few years they've moved into the mental health space and suicide prevention and they're not like a crisis end of the kind of charity side like the Samaritans would be or Calm. Yeah. They're more looking at the preventative side of things. So they fund research and projects. Um, so they've got, I think, 1,500 projects around the world. That's fantastic. Which um, are kind of like, um, they're set up to allow men to open up. So it could be, they, they fund like football groups. They fund, there's a brilliant one in, uh, I think it's in, in the north of England, it's like pie making. So men will like go along on an evening and make some pies while just you know chatting, and it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, and there's this kind of research done that men struggle to open up if they're eye to eye, but men open up if they're shoulder to shoulder. That's so, really interesting. Um, 
men in a van when they're sitting next to each other going you know if it was a builder or something yeah. they'd feel more comfortable sitting and t- opening up about their mental health than you know sitting across the table at a pub um, so a lot of Movember's uh, projects are mm. shoulder to shoulder um, so uh, there's foot ones there's um, pie making and they're quite they're also like natural environments for men so also they do like boxing and things like that they're, they're, not, they're not like trying to uh, they're not trying to reinvent the work will yeah. you know trying to get men to do something that they don't want to do this is very it's a, a very natural, environment, natural environment but they are very relaxed and um, yeah men are encouraged to open up and some of the men I met through Movember over the last year have been incredible um, and they literally dedicate their life to raising awareness for mental health and they don't just grow a massage for November they yeah. grow it all year round because it's a talking point you know um, one of the things I struggled with over this last month doing November myself was some people their reaction is like I'm not sponsoring you to grow a moustache I was like well moustache is just a, it's just a talking point yeah. you're actually sponsoring the whole awareness, kind of like awareness yeah. and stopping young men dying too, too early too mm. soon because on average men die six years younger than women through preventative kind of things such as suicide and mm. prostate cancer and you know if these things are caught early like testicular cancer only one in 20 men die from testicular cancer now but you know, it should. You know, it could be zero. You know, yeah, we but could you do better. We could do better. Can always do mm. better. So, um, November doing an amazing job, um, and they're kind of a victim of their own success because they, you know, obviously November is such a huge month, but they don't stop. You know, yeah, it's December yeah, it's now. Yeah, all year, all year, worldwide all year, charity, worldwide charity, and they do amazing things. It's fantastic. Yeah. And how did your November go? How did your moustache go? The moustache looked terrible. <laughs> I looked like a yeah, someone you want wouldn't want to meet down a dark alley. Um, <laughs> But we raised a huge amount of money, so we raised, I think, just under four thousand pounds. Wow! Congratulations! Thanks. That's a, so, yeah, that's that's a huge amount. Yeah, very yeah. something to be very proud of. Yeah, we are. All throughout Man Talk, you've had some fantastic characters come and speak on your podcast. Yeah. One, Neil Moody, the infamous mm-hmm. hairdresser. Yeah. Can you tell us any stories that have really stuck with you? Anything that's really, you know, stayed with you throughout the um, podcast? Every episode has been amazing for me. Um, to have men who are, you know, obviously known for being quite, you know, uh, withdrawn and don't open up. To have, in the first series, 13 men open up about their deepest, darkest moments in their life. You know, some were like suicide episodes, suicidal episodes. Um, uh, Other episodes were talking about loss. You know, one guy, his father was murdered. And it's kind of like, I'm sitting across the table from these guys and they're really opening up Mm. to me. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, I felt honoured that they were trusting me to Shout put their story. message out there. Yeah. Um, um, so they all stuck with me. Um, some kind of like I did. What I did before each episode was just reach out to them. I wanted to keep the conversation quite natural, but I just say, can you just give me a, you know one or two lines about a bit of background? And so I'd go into the interviews, kind of like knowing what to expect. But then mm-hmm. some would go so deep, and my God, like you know, it it was uh, you know a really kind of they were, I don't know, really, I get my words out, you can edit this bit out. Um, well, it was just kind of like a, a really, I was honoured that they were just, you know, using my platform and my voice to get their message out there. And they're not looking for sympathy or looking, you know, whatever they, they want their message to resonate with other men out there who might be suffering. Mm. So they're in a similar position to me that, you know, they've suffered, but now they're happy to talk and they don't want other men to struggle as they did. So, so they were. You felt honoured that it was a platform where they could, yeah, just spread all of this yeah, awareness because exactly. you don't hear that much about mental health in men in the media. No. 
and with the rise of death in some young men, well, some middle-aged men, some elder men, um, especially high-profile characters like celebrities, mm. do you think that this has, in a way, helped spread more awareness around the fact that this is an issue and that men should be seeking more help for, yeah, for mental health? I think everyone sees that now mental health is talked about pretty much every day, mm. um, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's Prince Harry doing amazing things, whether it's a Hollywood celebrity talking about their struggles. So it's definitely becoming more of a day-to-day -day conversation, but that's only for a certain few. There's still millions of men out there who struggle to open up, um, and they might see 20 Instagram images about men opening up about their mental health, but they still have that block, you know? Yeah. Um, we talk about mental health should be the equivalent of physical health, but it's still so hard for mm -hmm. some men to open up. Some men won't go to the doctors when they've got a dodgy back. So they're gonna really struggle with the doctors yeah. when they're you know, struggling with depression. So we've got a long way to go, but mental health, the discussions are uh, you know, obviously raising awareness and resonating with a lot of people out there. So um, we're getting there, but we're, you know, everyone still needs to do a lot more. So. Still a long way to yeah. go. There are so many more charities available now. Like yeah. I know November, when, did, when was that charity founded? It's November quite recent. 15, November's 15 years ago. 15 years, it's yeah. still, in terms of, you know, charities still yeah. fairly yeah. new. They've and only recently moved into the mental health space. And one of the first as well yeah. that actually focus solely on, on men. men. Yeah, and now you've got Calm women. who do amazing things. Calm are kind of the preventative, not the preventative, the crisis end of the spectrum where, you know, they're the people you call if you're, you know, really struggling. So, um, and they do incredible things as well. So. And one of your episodes you spoke with Connor McGee. Yes, Connor. Is it McGee or McGee? Do you know what? I've met Connor so many times now, I've never asked him. <laughs> I'd say McGee. Okay, well, sorry Connor, if you're yeah. listening <laughs> yeah. to this, we're going to go with Connor McGee, please correct us I'll if find this out is incorrect. Um, so you spoke with Connor McGee yeah. on um, postnatal depression yeah. and fathers, yeah. and really I was wanting to know if you find, as a father yourself, yeah. if there's as much support available for men as there are for women suffering with postnatal depression. So one of the things that sticks out for me is when um, both of my children were born, I remember, you know, you obviously get two weeks off, you know, um, paternity leave, and you're at home, and then the the uh, health visitor comes to visit mum and baby after about two or three days, make sure everything's going okay, and obviously do a checkup on, you know, physical checkup, and they ask the mum how she's doing, but the dad is just a spare part, you know, it's it was I remember being stood in the corner of our bedroom, and the health visitor came in, this was for our first baby Edie, and um, the health visitor, I might as well not been there, you know, I, I could have popped to the shops and they wouldn't have noticed. Um, not one question was asked about how I was doing. And that's all, you know, I was actually fine. You know, I didn't struggle with any kind of postnatal issues um, around mental health, but so many men do. And it might just take that one question, how are you doing, Dad? Just to get them to open up. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, it's their natural instinct to say, yeah, I'm fine. Um, but mum might be able to trust her gut instinct and she detects that no he's not actually fine she might you know follow up later or something and then men you know it's a, it's a big change because I think when you're when your partner is pregnant you go through these nine months and everything's on the mum and the mum's having these physical changes and hormonal changes mm. and it's such a huge change for the mum and then the baby comes and you think wow well, I'm a dad but then the baby really only wants mum for the first few months anyway because the mum is the source of like comfort yeah. and food and so it is a struggle for men, um, and it's a huge shock to the system. Um, 
but I know that the government have made changes in the last year or so, I think it is, where men are now going to get checks um, upon That's becoming good. fathers. So it, there is a change and it's coming. But um, you can see how some men do struggle. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a big change. Um, yeah, and there is so much focus around the mum. Yeah. And it can be quite easy for, for the dad to think, oh, this isn't, this isn't about me. Yeah. And I wonder as well if some men find it quite tough because they think, this isn't about me, I shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, even though it very much is, it's yeah. a whole change to the entire family. Yeah. I think uh, there's uh, men don't want to burden mum. The mum is obviously going through huge yeah. changes and, you know, physically and mentally. To then burden mum with, you know, I'm feeling a bit crap as well. Can I say a word of crap? You could say, yeah, we've had swearing, we've had right, all okay. sorts. Um, if, you know, I'm feeling a bit out of sorts, um, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to burden mum with that. But, you know, I don't think the mum would want to know that you're struggling. That would yeah. make it worse for her. So you've got to find a balance where you're working as a team. And I think mm. that's a huge part of being parents is you're a team. Yeah. You, know, you need to be on the same page, um, whether that's choosing the right formula for your child or dealing with your mental health. So it's all about being a team. Uh, with Man Talk, going back to your podcast, yeah. are there any highlights you've had so far? Any moments that really stick out for you? Um, first series it I mean it did really really well and I was in the top 10 iTunes chart and it's incredible. it did really really well and I had so many messages direct messages on Instagram and email from uh, men who had been struggling with their mental health and it given them the nudge they needed to go to the doctors or seek help or whatever it was but also what I really felt honoured about was that there was lots of women lots of partners who had got in touch with me saying oh, now I get it. Now I get how my partner feels. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing something good. And I was like, I never set out to like, you know, make the podcast, you know, something that makes me money or anything like that. Or, you know, it was, it was if it helps one person, then it's done an amazing thing and it's been a success and it's done that. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that stands out. You must feel overjoyed yeah, yeah, that yeah. you've had such a response. Yeah, yeah. With men and this whole man up, act no. like a man, yeah. that some men find it, generally more difficult than women to maybe come out and say, I'm really struggling with my mental yeah, health. Yeah, I mean, hugely. Man up is the worst phrase that any man could hear. Like, yeah. you know, but we're taught from, you know, young boys to man up and boys don't cry and all this kind of stuff. So to talk about your emotions as a man, even as a teenage boy, is a hugely difficult thing. Um, I actually struggled in my teen years with my mental health, but didn't really know about it because we didn't talk about it, you know. Um, I just thought I was just nervous all the time. But looking back, it was actually anxiety. Um, but you just thought you couldn't I, I was, speak about that? I couldn't speak about it. My dad is quite old fashioned, and so I couldn't open up to him. Um, and boys in teen years, boys are kind of very quick to jump on any kind of problems you might have. So if I, you know, I don't know if you, your boys are struggling with peer pressure, they're discovering themselves, they're thinking about girls, boys, they've got the peer pressure of like drinking and pressure of doing well at school. And so to then throw on top of that, like pressure of your mental health at that young age, you're probably gonna bury it because you've been told to bury such feelings from the age of like three probably. So, and then when you get into your twenties and if you've got, you know, you're just used to that kind of mentality of like men don't talk. Um, and you know, it's like kind of grow, grow a pair of balls and that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. whoa, it's so damaging. And like yeah. these men who are like scared to open up because it, they think it's a, it's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. If men open up and talk about their emotions and seek help, 
that's a sign of strength, you know, that's not a weakness at all. Yeah, yeah. to be able to address it yeah. and say, I need support yeah. with this. Yeah, I mean, I've been to sort of numerous mental health events and had people on a panel at the front of this, you know, on stage talk about the mental health and, you know, not one of those people I've looked at and heard them speak about the mental health journey and I thought, oh, you're so weak, you know. I've seen them with like hugely, you know, strong people, like, whoa, that's powerful that you are yeah. able to like, you know, manage your mental health and then go on to help others like that's not weakness that is no. a huge strength yeah, yeah incredibly so one phrase you use throughout your podcast is normalizing the conversation mm -hmm. and that makes sense after just discussing that topic yeah. how can we all help like women families children how can we all help to normalize normalize this topic to normalize the conversation around men's mental health i think um so I started out with the whole let's normalise conversation. That was kind of my strapline. And yeah. the more it went on, I was like, oh, quite a, it's, and I was like, oh, you should be able to go to the doctors the same you'd go to the doctors with a cold. And I was like, well, these are very different things. Like, you know, we want to see mental health treated the same as physical health, mm -hmm. but they're hugely different in some, in some places. So um, normalising the conversation is kind of, you need to be a good listener, you know. Um, and... I heard a really good thing the other day. Um, it was actually from, uh, who's the doctor on Love Island from the last series? Oh, is it Dr. Alex? Dr. Alex. He was on a panel that I went to. And his advice was to just trust your gut instinct. Like, and I was like, well, yeah, it could be as simple as that. So if you ask someone, how are you? And they're, you're sort of trained to say, yeah, I'm fine. And then you should follow up. I'll always ask twice. So ask again, like, you know, if you catch them on your lunch break or something, say, hey, how's it going? Whatever. Follow it up because people will just say they're fine first yeah. off, but then the second time around, you know, it's like an automatic response. It's isn't an it? automatic like, response. Yeah. Second time around, they might open up, and you, or you might just catch something you can like sort of go with. Um, and so, yeah, listening and then just following up. You know, chase people up. If you're not, if you're not, you know, hearing from a friend all of a sudden, or they didn't turn up to, you know, go to the, a coffee morning or whatever it might be, then follow it up. You know, so. Don't leave people to suffer on their own, you know, because um, it might it might be nothing, but you know it would be helpful just to friends look out for each other, families look out for each other, um, and yeah, I mean, be a good listener, but also it's it's mental health is so important, so don't you know assume that you know you know don't ask too many questions, don't probe too much, don't assume that they're suddenly gonna you know do something drastic but get them to take the first steps to yeah. get the help they need. You know, it might be just guiding them to their GP or a charity or something. So, uh, yeah, I think I think being a good listener is the way that we need to, you know, get to the point where it becomes a bit of a more of a normal conversation that these people feel they can open up to people yes. they trust. And for those who aren't quite at that stage yet where they feel ready, what advice would you give to them? Um, well, if they're not ready to open up to like friends or family, mm -hmm. then it's obviously charities out there they can just pick up the phone or do um, like chat on their on their computers um, which is a good way to just get the conversation going because I think once you tell someone that you're struggling such a weight mm. you know you know off your shoulders um, you have it out in the open you know that I'm actually struggling to have someone know even if it's a stranger on the end of a phone it's such a huge weight lifted and that can get the ball you know can get you to a point where you are ready to seek some further help but in the meantime there are things like um, there's a website which I learned about the other day called Live Life to the Full, which is like a, it's a free website. You can go on there and enrol yourself in courses. So you could be seeking help, you know, whilst you're building up the confidence to open up. But at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is to open up um, to someone you trust. Um, 
because people do want to help you. Um, you know, help is out there, whether it's you know through the NHS or through you know, talking therapies, which is like the NHS's free counselling service, or um, private therapy is amazing. And there's so many different things you can try now, like hypnotherapy and yoga and sport. You know, there's something going to be out there. So many things available, yeah, which can help you manage your mental health. And our last question that we ask every speaker, what is the main mantra that you live your life by and why? Um, I try and just make the world a tiny bit better, whether that's my immediate world, whether that's my family or my friends or on a wider scale, um, whether it's around mental health or it could be something like, I don't know, plastics, you know? Like I always think like... Recycling. Recycling, like, <laughs> I always think like, you know, don't say no to that straw, you know, because there's some, so many people have like this kind of idea like, what difference is it going to be if I have one plastic straw? I was like, yeah, but if you have that attitude and 35 million other people have that attitude, yeah. there's your issue. Exactly. So um, stuff like that, you know, um, just the smallest things can make a huge difference, whether it's, you know, you know, with helping someone's mental health, whether it's helping, you know, uh, I don't know, someone who's lonely who lives in your village, you know, helping them do their shopping or whatever it might be, or climate change, um, just the smallest things you know, it doesn't take much to help other people. I think that's one of my favourites that I've heard so far. All right, good. A, li a little goes a long way. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for no chatting thank with us you. today, Jamie. Thanks for having me. We're taking a two-week break, but don't worry, we'll be back in the new year.